This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. If you have your Bibles this morning, John chapter 14 is where we'll be. John chapter 14, last Sunday I asked you, uh, the three of you that were here, I'm just kidding. <laughs> last Sunday, I love you guys. The last Sunday, I asked you to think of a theme Bible verse for 2019. All right, a theme verse, and it's not too late, by the way. Did you know that you can make resolutions at any time during the year? It doesn't have to be January the 1st. In fact, if you've already screwed your resolutions up now, you can hop back on it today. I'm just here for your personal um, you know, help and I'm, a, I'm just, all, that's all I am. I'm just like a life coach. Um, but anyway, you can hop back on it. But my verse, personally, and the verse that I want to claim for our church this year is John chapter 14 and verse 12. And it simply says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do. Why? Because I go to my father. Can we say that? It's up here, all right. Can we say that together? Would you guys recite it with me? You ready? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Heavenly Father, will you meet with us today? God, illuminate the, the themes from your word that we want to highlight. God, be with us as we walk through um, our calendar be, be with us as we step out by faith uh, and to reach out into our communities. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity to just worship and serve you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Could somebody hand me um, a, yep, perfect. Thank you. Um, to briefly explain this passage, Uh, Jesus is once again, and he did this over and over again throughout the Gospels, and we'll get to a Gospel pretty soon as we're preaching through the Bible. I promise. We're getting there. Um, But as he has to do several times, he has to almost convince, again, his most dedicated followers, his disciples, that he really is who he says that he is. It is a theme that happens throughout Scripture. The disciples are with him, they pray with him, they, they stay with him, they, they, they sleep oftentimes in the same areas, they eat together, they watched him heal people, they watched him sight the blind, uh, heal the lame, they've watched him feed people, they've watched him save people's souls, yet they find themselves so oftentimes doubting him, who he really says that he is. I would say that the most blatant example of this were the many, many times in Scripture where Jesus would tell his disciples in one way or the other that I'm going to be crucified on a cross and then three days later, I will rise again. He says it multiple times before it happens. He tells his disciples. He sometimes uses illustrations about it. A couple times he just blatantly says it to his disciples. So you would think, right? You would think Jesus gets crucified light comes on. He told us this was going to happen. Oh, yeah. Over and over again, he told us what did he say was going to happen next. That's right. Three days later, he was going to rise from the grave. 
even if you even if you had a little bit of doubt you would still be like okay look i'm at least going to go to that tomb i'm going to at least be there when my savior the one that i've given my life to follow the one that i left my father and my mother and my family i left my livelihood to follow i'm gonna be there when he rises from the grave he's gonna rise just like he did with for lazarus and rose he's gonna rise himself we're gonna be there i can't wait for that tomb to open and when he walks out we're gonna be like jesus yes and that's even if you have doubt imagine the amount of doubt the disciples had when jesus comes out of that tomb And not only are they not there, but they have to be convinced by other people that he's not there. That is what happened. That is what, that is the story of the disciples' doubt and unbelief in the person that they're following. And and one of them, Thomas, we even call Doubting Thomas. Here Jesus is addressing his disciples' questioning and doubts. And by the way, we are a church that welcomes questioning and doubts we're a church that encourages if you're having questions and doubts that you stay connected in the in the body of the church because in the body oftentimes you can find uh, support and help during your questions and during your doubts notice jesus and all their doubting he never cast them aside and our church will not do that but as he is once again convincing his disciples that he truly is who that he who he says that he is He makes this bold statement to Philip as an explanation. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Think about what he is really saying to his disciples. In a nutshell, he is basically saying, have you seen everything that's happened over the last three years? Have you seen all the things that have gone, taken place? He basically says, hey, I'm going to be leaving you and you're going to be empowered to do even greater works than I have done in my three years, three and a half years. That's a powerful statement. He is basically saying that y'all don't get me started on the Holy Spirit. Y'all Baptist people that are scared of the Holy Spirit, don't get me started on the Holy Spirit. But he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And with God's Holy Spirit, you will be able to do greater works inside of you than what you could do with me standing right here. Uh, J.D. Greer, pastors in our town, he wrote a book called Jesus Continued. It's a book on the Holy Spirit. The tagline to the book, I absolutely love the statement he makes. He says, why the Holy Spirit inside you is greater than Jesus beside you. Let me repeat that. Why the Holy Spirit inside you is greater than Jesus beside you. That's the kind of, that's what we're talking about right here. Jesus says, disciples, you've seen some amazing things. You've seen God do some great things. You've seen God uh, really, really, you've seen Jesus raise people from the dead, heal the sick, all that good stuff. You've seen all of that. And now I'm telling you that when I leave, you're going to be able to do greater works than these. You know, we don't have time this morning, but we could go through and we could talk about the day of Pentecost. And we could talk about the day when uh, 3,000 souls and 4,000 souls were added to the church. We could talk about uh, all, all the different miracles that were able to be performed by the apostles after Jesus left. And to think about what's happened since the canonization of Scripture, since the early church fathers, down through the ages. We've seen what Christianity, we've seen what God has done. And it's true. We've seen this play out. And I want to claim this 
in our context for our church. I want to claim that I truly, legitimately believe Jesus for who he says he is. And I want to claim for our church that I believe through prayer and through, and through seeking God for our church that I believe God wants to do greater things through Keystone Church, through the people of Keystone Church in 2019 than he did in 2018. I would like, I'm going to say it this way to make it sound cooler, than he's ever done before ever in the history of our church. It's one year, but it's all good. I, want to say, I truly believe this. I believe God has greater things for us than what we ever can imagine. This is not to slight what God has done in our church in the last 15 months. God has done some amazing things. We've seen people saved. We've seen people baptized. We have seen uh, people joining the church. We've seen people get involved. We've seen, truthfully, can I be honest, we've seen people that were kind of done with church and kind of honestly getting a little bitter and like, I don't even want to be a part of it, to now loving Jesus and loving their church and back to where God has them in a local church body. We've seen people that have been disconnected spiritually become connected again. And praise God for it. But I believe that God has even greater and even more. And I say this every week as I prepare my heart and I prepare others. The next person that walks through that door back there, that's the person we love. That doesn't mean we stop loving everyone that's in this room. But who, who do we want? Who do we, what's the greater thing God has for us? The next person that walks through that door. The next hurt. The next, the next uh, relationship that needs mending, the, the next unsaved person who needs the power of the gospel, the next family that's on their last leg, the next husband and wife who are like, this is our last chance, we're about to give up on this marriage, and they walk through that door. That's the next greater thing for us. And I believe God has a lot of greater things prepared for us in 2019. I want to kind of give you what that really looks like tangibly um, in our church, I would like to reemphasize something that I have done a very, truthfully, a poor job of communicating with our church this first year, and I will get better at it. But I want to reemphasize a three-part mission that we have for our church. And as I said, you're, you've probably not heard these much, and that's my fault. I believe we're practicing them, but I've, you know, I've not done a, a good a job, as good a job as I should have of articulating these on a consistent basis. A three-part mission, number one, I want us to, 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 to confirm, I want us to see, I want us to soak in reaching people far from God. To reach people far from God. If a church, is in, if a church opens its doors on Sunday and that's not the number one goal of the church, then they should shut their doors and not open them again the next Sunday. And what, you know what reaching people far from God, you know what it entails? It entails not judging people by the way they appear. You know what it entails? It entails when someone walks in and you can tell right away that something's not right, that that's okay. You know what it entails to reach people far from God? Having those conversations with those people at work that you're scared to have conversation with. You know what it entails? It entails going to lunch with that person or, or inviting those, those people over to the house and establishing a relationship with unsaved unbelievers that you know are unbelievers. It's what it, it, it's what it entails. Reaching people far from God. If we expect our church to be a church that reaches people far from God, then we cannot have the mindset, and we would never say this, we just live this. We can never have the mindset of, oh, before you can really get in, 
you've got to change this and this and this and this and this and this. If we ever begin to operate our church on you can become a real part of the inner crew here as long as you check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark, then please get rid of your pastor. Because we will have ceased reaching people far from God. You see, the next person that walks in that door next Sunday morning, I don't care what their story is. I don't care the way they're dressed. I don't care the way where they look. I don't care what they did 12 hours before on Saturday night or Friday night the day before. I could care less when they walk in that door. That is the next person for us. That's the next person to reach. You say they're already saved. That's fine. They still need to be reached. Reaching people far from God. Reaching people. That's, that's actually what Jesus came for. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost John chapter 10 verses 10 and 11 the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly I am the good shepherd the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep that's why he came was to reach people that were far from God he came not to make uh, good people a little bit better or to make a struggling people have a little bit of an easier time. He came to make dead people alive, and we've talked about that. He came to give life to the dead. He came to give light to the darkness. And our number one priority as a church must be to see people transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Going from death to life. Going from hell to heaven going from hell on earth to the holy spirit's power on earth that's what has to be our number one mission and we will do this through a couple of different avenues this year you'll see your calendar of events here the first way we'll do this is through personal invitations to church and personal testimonies of god's grace if you brought truett kathy the founder of Chick-fil-A, amen, anyway, that's God's chicken, you stay away from it, all right, but uh, if you brought Truett Kathy in, you say, hey Truett, tell me the marketing plan, how'd you do it, how'd you do it, Truett, and what's the name of his book, man, that's awesome, how'd you do it, Truett, um, how did you do it, what was the marketing plan, what's, who is the firm, who's the company that you hired that expanded out of Atlanta to now everywhere that there is a Chick-fil-A? You know what he's going to say? I don't know if he's going to say this. He's actually passed away now, so he won't say it. But I guarantee you that woven in his answer is going to be, we made an amazing chicken sandwich. And people really like to eat it. And those people told their friends, you got to try it. You say, just a little bit over, overly simplistic. Now, I think it's the truth. They made an amazing chicken sandwich. And then they threw in those waffle fries and it was over. All right? They made an amazing chicken sandwich. They made some amazing waffle fries. Some preaching time in here, all right? But you know what? People really liked it. And they told their friends, you need to try this. You need to try this. Okay, so how does that translate to our church? Through the leadership, through the the members of the worship team through, for, through me as pastoring this church is to preach God's word honestly, 
clearly, correctly, concisely, where you can understand it. If I can say this without, with no pride involved here, to preach good sermons. It's the worship team's job to, to lead in good worship, right? It's for us to uh, greet with Rachel and the Connect team as you come in from the, from the street to the seat. When you come in, it's to greet people good. It's when you drop your kids off to have a smiling face there as maybe a kid's like tugging on their leg and they're like really struggling, but they're smiling. It's to have a smiling face with your kids. It's to have dedicated children's ministry workers right now teaching the Bible to your kids on their level. It's to have a good, something good here. It's to enjoy it yourself. And then it's to say, hey, you really need to try this. Man, if you add extra pickle, <laughs> let me tell you something. You really need to try this. That's our job. The number one way to grow a company is a satisfied customer. Number one way. You know the number one way I believe God grows his church? Satisfied members. You know what's the problem? And this is not a problem here yet, thank the Lord. You know what the problem is? The studies have shown this, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. The studies have shown how many more times more likely we are to leave a bad review when something negative happens at a restaurant than we are to go, hey, I went to this restaurant and everything was great. In our human nature, we are so more apt to hop on Yelp and to say, man, this food was cold, my server was a jerk, and they, they charged me double for my appetizer than it is to say, hey, I went to so and such a restaurant and you know what, everything was good. They refilled my drink, food was good, cool, probably come back. As a church, we have to become a satisfied customer and a satisfied customer that's willing to leave a review on Yelp. Does that make sense? A satisfied customer that's willing to take that extra step and say, this is good for my family. This is good for my husband and wife, a husband or wife. This is good for my kids. This is good for my family. This is good for us. And now we're going to take the next step. And because it's good for us, I truly believe that it will be good for you. I really do. I believe that with all my heart. I can promise you this, because we want to reach people far from God, you will not hear jokes from me that would, that would take a slight at other religions. You will not hear jokes from me. You would not, on Christmas, you would not hear from me, oh, great to see some of you guys on Christmas. I guess we'll see you at Easter. <laughs> You're not going to hear that stuff from me. If you bring a friend that's, that, that comes from another faith, you will, I promise, I promise to you, you will never hear me poking fun at another belief system. You never will hear that. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry here about what they wear or what they're going to hear. A satisfied customer. So that's number one. That's the first way is we are going to send personal invitations uh, to church to, and use our testimony of what God is doing in our lives. The second way is organized times of inviting people to church in the neighborhood. If you look in your calendar of events, you'll see in February, I wasn't going to do this, but it's going to be like 80 degrees in February if, we're, if we keep trending uh, like this. February, there's one in February, there's one in April, there's one in July, there's one in September, there's one in December. Uh, we want to, old school, I still believe in this, and I'll tell you why in just a second, we want to put invitations on people's doors to come to church. I don't believe that's an outdated system. I don't care what digital marketers want to tell you, I still think coming home from a long day's work, and you're just, you're just done. 
And you walk up and on your door is a flyer that says, you matter to God, you matter to us. I think that can do something for someone. And it's, we, we don't throw the gospel down their throat on those flyers. It's simply an invitation to our church. Hey, would you like a fresh start? Come and join us on Sunday morning. We, I still believe in the power of that. You say, why do you believe in that, Josh? It's because last summer we had a group here from um, Alabama, and some of our teenagers went with them, and they passed out 10,000 invitations on people's doors to an event that also had our church information on the back side of it. You say, did we, see, did we see scores of people come that next Sunday from that? No, we didn't. But two weeks ago... As we were preparing to give, a, give gifts to a needy family in, in our city, I had somebody contact me through the website and say, hey, I need you to give me a call. I'd like to be a part of that. I said, oh, cool. So I called this gentleman, and we talked for 10 or 15 minutes, and they wanted to be a part of, of blessing that family. And I'm like, real quick, man, like, can I ask like, how in the world you found out about us, and how in the world did you know that we were doing something for a family? He's like, oh, man, I forgot to tell you. He's like, back this summer, some teenagers stopped by my house, and I happened to be at the door, and they were, they were giving out flyers, invitations to some event y'all were having. And so they handed it to me and just invited me to the event. He's like, I looked on the back of it, and I thought, man, that's pretty cool. Most churches don't do that anymore. It's kind of true. Most churches don't do that anymore. He said, that's really neat. He said, I started following y'all online. He said, I've been following you on Facebook ever since then. He said, I saw you say something about it on there. We'd like to be a part. And I'm like, you know what? We, we, in those 10,000, we got two emails from people that were, please don't ever leave anything on my door again. Cool, we will respect that. Notated, we won't. But I'll take one out of three, 33%, I'll take that any day. And you know what the cool thing is? That that guy goes, hey man, I'd like to grab lunch and talk later. We've not, we've not visited the church yet, but I'd love to connect further. Sweet. Let's do it. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, what we have to do in Durham, North Carolina, is when people think of church, we need Keystone Church to be on the list. We need Keystone Church to be in the mind. We need Keystone. We're going to do that a lot of different ways by organizing times and inviting people to church is one of the ways that we will do that. A third way we would do that is organize community events created to establish relationships with people. We did a number of these last year, a number of them, um, and I really, I thought they, were, they, they did very well. We're trying to be a little more strategic this year in how we do those and what we do. Um, in fact, I met with some folks yesterday and we talked through some strategies for 2019 and how we're going to do some events better. I wanted to point out uh, one event to you um, today. Well, a couple. Number one, obviously, Easter Sunday is April 21st. So mark your calendars and try not to be out of town. It'd be awesome. Um, Easter's going to be great. It's a, it's a natural day. People come to church. But here's Outreach Day, May the 5th. May the 5th, we're calling it Community Day. Uh, last year, if you were here, we called it Southwest Elementary School Appreciation Day. We're trying to expand that because we want to honor those that serve here. We will do that. But we also want to open this up for other educators. Um, many of you are connected in the, in the Durham Public School System or in some other private school systems. Um, you're connected there. We want this to become an easy day for you to invite somebody to be here because we're going to honor them and thank them for their service to the, to the next generation. That's Community Day. Last year, it was, a, it was a really cool time. We had a great number here last year, and that was just inviting the teachers here at Southwest. And so we want to expand that um, this year. There's a couple of other events that we would like to do. And honestly, after we met last week or uh, yesterday, we're going to adjust like in August the 10th, a back-to-school outreach event. We're going to adjust that um, into something else. Um, but be on the lookout for those. 
We can put those events on. Truthfully, we did, I think we did three of them last year. We've got it down to a science. We know how much it costs to do, to rent over the inflatables, the food. We know how much it costs to do one. And we're, we, these events are good things. We're loving on our community, reaching them far from God. And I love our new emphasis is establishing relationships with people. Establishing relationships with people. We don't just want to give them a piece of pizza and let them on their way. We want to establish avenues for real relationships. And that's a goal of ours. That's a tough goal. That's a, that's a goal of ours. So number one is to reach people far from God. Secondly, this morning, I see the time. I'm rolling. To root believers in the word. To root believers in the word. Luke chapter 4, verses 4, 8, and 12 say this. But Jesus answered him saying, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. This is the temptation of Christ. And he answers Satan every time with, Let me quote you some scripture. You're tempting me. Here's what the word says. We, we, we firmly believe if Jesus overcame temptation by the word, I can't even imagine what all we need the word for. Acts chapter 20, verse 27, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. We make no apologies here about our focus on God's word. I have made a commitment that I will preach through books of the Bible. That's just the way we will do things. I make no apologies about that. I believe that makes our church somewhat of an, of an anomaly. Um, I believe that, um, nothing against it, I believe most churches that you go into, you're going to hear a sermon similar to this every Sunday. And I'll be honest with you, this is like my least favorite sermon <laughs> that I'll preach. Because it's topical, and I'm talking through themes, and I'm done. And really... It's not what God has for us on a consistent basis. This is an anomaly this week. We study God's word together this past year using the YouVersion Bible app, uh, plans with friends, and many of you um, were able to do that. We meet with our connect groups for some interactive Bible study throughout the week. And we truly believe that God's word is our final authority for all faith and practice. And we will continue to root ourselves this year in God's word uh, through our connect groups, which provide those interactive times of study. Those connect groups begin on uh, January 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. One of them is Financial Peace University. And I want to encourage you, please, um, if you would like a better grip on your finances, please consider Financial Peace University. We'll meet on Thursday nights um, at the Kennedy's house. Um, and they will, they've been through it, are actually going through it, um, and they will be leading that. And it is an amazing blessing. Um, if you have any questions or interested in financial peace, Brian, would you raise your hand real quick? Brian right here will help you, give you any information. He can help you register. Any of that stuff, um, Brian's got you. Uh, we will be starting two, um, two other groups that will begin on the 22nd and 23rd on Tuesday nights in North Durham. Uh, Steve and Johnny Morrissey in the back. Steve was up here speaking a minute ago. Uh, their family will host on Tuesday nights beginning on the 22nd. And then Reed and Debbie Churchill uh, right here on Wednesday nights beginning on January the 23rd. Uh, they will host. The way that is broken up geographically um, is Steve lives in North Durham, kind of up Roxburgh Road some. 
Obviously, if you're interested in that group, we'll give you the address. Reed and Debbie live closer to here, um, around this area, Southwest Durham. And so uh, it gives you two options, and it gives you the options of geographically and also the time. If Tuesday nights do not work, then maybe you're willing to drive over here on Wednesday night. Um, if Wednesday nights don't work, you're willing to go there for Tuesday night. So it gives you options. They will be doing the same study. Um, so if, if it comes to where like some weeks, obviously we'd like for you to stay and kind of make that your family. But if, if need be, and you have to every now and then bounce back and forth, they are in the same exact study. And so um, that, that's, I'm looking forward to that. Next Sunday, we're going to highlight a little bit more specifically what the study entails um, and all that. But we're looking forward to our connect groups. Uh, we will uh, do a better job this year um, as we have people who come to faith in Christ, um, myself, and I want to do this as the pastor, is setting up personal discipleship that I'm able to walk people through. Nothing crazy. I'm not a big like academic discipleship guy. I'm more of a relational discipleship guy. But we do, as people are saved, I want to establish a personal connection with them as the pastor. And I really, while we'll take advantage of it while we're this size. And I really want to be able to do that this year. And I'm making a commitment to that. As people come to cry faith in Christ, I personally want to be able to speak into their lives and to love them and to uh, show them things from God's word. <clears throat> and then most importantly, it would be to challenge all of us personally in our private time in God's word. How will we root ourselves in God's word? By hearing a sermon on Sunday? Eh. By coming to a connect group? Eh. By studying your Bible every day on your own? Definitely. Definitely. You say, but Josh, it's already January the 6th. I've already missed three days. I only did every other day. That's fine. Start January the 7th. Oh, you messed up? Pick it back up again on the, on the 8th. You messed up? Pick it up again on the 9th. Consistent Bible study. You say, well, it's so hard to understand. You ever heard that one? Raise your hand if you ever heard someone say that. That's it? All right, cool. Um, it's so hard to understand. Well, look, it is 2018. If you can't find somewhere on the World Wide Web a trusted Bible study to help you understand, you can find it. Stop. Just stop saying that. Stop saying that. It's too difficult to understand. You can find helps. If you'd like some, I can shoot you some. Please, you can find them. They're out there. And then lastly, we want to respond to the gospel by sending. We want to respond to the gospel by sending. So we want to reach people far from God. We want to root people in God's word. And we want to respond to the gospel by sending. Our missional response is that of the Great Commission. Found in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's our missional response, is the, is the Great Commission. We want to go on the Great Commission, we talked about that, but we want to fund the Great Commission. We want to continue doing that. Our financial response is highlighted in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, where Paul says to the Philippian church, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Josh, why did you put that verse up there? Because that is the promise verse that comes because of the five verses ahead of that. You know what Paul talks about? The Philippian church was the only church that gave to him during some parts of his ministry. They consistently gave to him financially. They supported him, and they were all about his mission. And then he says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm claiming that for our church. I believe God will take care of a church that takes care of missions. I believe that with all my heart. We will continue 
and what we give to missions, we will continue supporting and loving missionaries. I got a one minute video uh, from our Tanzania feeding center um, in Africa that I'd like to show you. That's where our money goes, and that's where I want to continue seeing it go, to places just like that, to kids who wouldn't have a meal, who are not only given a meal, but they're given the gospel. Um, so we will continue to respond by sending by these ways, continuing to give 10% of all that comes in directly to missions. <clears throat> Last year, we were able to do even a little bit more than that, and by God's grace, this year, if our if our trend continues, we'll be able to do a little bit more than that. But it's to give at least 10% of all that comes in. By the way, guys, that's not even a question. Like, that comes in, and it's gone. Like, we don't even factor it in. When it comes at, on the first of every month, it goes out from the previous month. Uh, we want to host at least one mission Sunday, like we did last year. We did two of them last year, where we will bring a missionary in that we don't support on a consistent basis, we will bring them in and we will get bless them with a one-time offering from our church. So we'll challenge ourselves to give a certain amount. And when we bring them in, we're able to present them with that money that will help them in whatever ministry that they're in. We want to host at least one of those um, for someone that we do not currently support. And then we will, we will be providing an opportunity for a short-term missions trip. Um, we will be introducing that later on this year. And it will be in 2020 but an opportunity for you personally, uh, if I can, can I say the country, Steve? We're pretty, we're pretty locked in on that. Yeah. Um, to go on a mission trip to the country of Jamaica, um, which is really cool. I've been there before. Um, and so Steve is helping um, with that. And so <clears throat> we'll be giving you an opportunity, giving you details, financial and all that good stuff about how you can be involved. That's a three part missions from our church to reach people far from God, to root believers in the word and to respond by sending. That's what we want to do. That's who we want to be. And in 2019, I believe that God has a greater, even greater purpose to fulfill those, those things that we just went over in our church. But here's what we need to make that happen. We need people to take what we've been talking about. We need people to take certain elements of this and make it personal. This cannot be the vision of Josh. It cannot even just be the vision of like an inner circle. 
We, we, don't, we try not to have those. This has to be our vision. You see, we, we have to take steps from being a church that 20% of the people do 100% of the work. Let's be, I'm sorry, I'm about to step on some toes. I love you. It's the first, year, first Sunday of 2019. We've, we've got to take steps from being 20% of the people doing 100% of the work. It's a whole lot easier when 80% of people do 100% of the work. Many hands make light work. Hey, listen, when, when we, need to have, we need to have so many volunteers in our, in, our, in our kids that Sarah's able to not only staff our kids fully, but Sarah's able to have uh, floaters and rotators. If someone is, gets sick the morning of and can't be there, we have a leftover crew of people that are willing to step in on Sundays. Can I be selfish for just a minute? That doesn't need to be my wife. Can, can I just be selfish for just a minute? It's, it's really sad that today... Um, I believe we have, uh, we have a couple of guests here for the second time. We have a couple of guests here for the third time, different things. There's a good chance, and I'm not for sure this is a good chance, that they have not yet met my wife. Like, that's not a good thing. So it doesn't need to be her, because I love her, and she needs to be here, and she needs to be meeting and greeting and loving, because that's what she does, and that's what she's good at, and hugging you. She's a hugger, um, and all that good stuff. But, that, but that's what we need. Hey, it, it, means, it means that the same people who get here at 7.30, 8 o'clock on Sunday morning to set up don't need to be the same people that tear it down. It means that we, we've got to take, we've we, we got to make it personal. We've got to make it personal. If we're going to do greater things, it's got to become personal. Can I ask you to do these three things? Number one, Commit that Keystone is your church. It's your church. Some of you, I know you're kind of on the fence and you've been coming for a while and I'm going to ask you to prayerfully consider making Keystone your church. And this is what it's going to do. It's going to transition you from saying things like uh, they, you guys, y'all, them, your. And you're going to transition and you're going to say things like we, my, our, us. Hey, it's not, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, my, my church, uh, Keystone, you know what they're, they're doing for outreach this year. They're going to do some of that stuff over there. And then, then they think they might do some mission stuff. I mean, it's kind of cool. I really enjoy the service. No, it's, man, I'm really excited about what our church is doing this year. And man, I, I cannot wait to be involved with what we are doing. We have to make that transition. We've got to just commit that, that, that this is going to be our church. And, and listen, our church is not for everyone. We meet in elementary school gym. Our kids meet in the school classrooms. We don't have a lot of the things that other churches have yet. That's fine. We may never have it, and that might be God's will for us. I'm cool with that. So we're not a church for everybody. I understand that. But if we are the church for you, then it's time to, to do it. It's time to take the step. Secondly, it's time to commit to being all in for 2019. All in. And what I mean by that is finding a place to serve. Each week, Jeff stands at the next steps table. And if your next step is that you need to serve, then Jeff can... What he, all he's going to do is fill out a little online thing. He has a little thing, fill it out. It's going to come to me. I'm going to be able to filter that 
to people, if you say, I'd like to serve in such and such an area, I'm going to be able to filter that to a leader that leads in that area, or I'm going to be able to contact you personally if you don't know where you want to serve and talk through where God would have you to serve. It means that because we are claiming this church is our church, that we are then all in. We're not waiting in the church. We're not like, we're not like, you know, we're not like on our tiptoes, like sneaking into church. We're diving into church. We're belly flopping into church. We're doing a flip every now and then. We're all in. We're all in. And that's going to help us to transition from a 20% doing 100% to an 80% doing 100%. I've got some personal goals in my mind of volunteer numbers that I would love to see. Here's how many volunteers it takes to do a Sunday. Here's how many volunteers that it now takes to do a Sunday. And it's because nobody's doing more than one thing now. We have more people pulling in different areas. And most importantly, thirdly, commit to authenticity in your personal life as a Christian. More important than anything that goes on at this church is what goes on right here. More important than what goes on at this church is what goes on at your house. More important than what goes on at God's house goes on at your house. Personally, this year, Will you commit, and I'm not even saying more, I don't, just commit to authenticity. Just authenticity. I'm not going to be that pastor that every, I was talking to a family not long ago, they don't go here, they go to another church, and they said, look, every year it's like they, 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 they ask you to do a little bit more. And they're like, we can't do anymore. Like, we're completely tapped. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to ask you to do more all the time. I will ask you to be real and authentic in your personal relationship with Christ and with God. And I am here and we are here to help you walk through that. We are here to help you become a more committed follower of Jesus Christ. We are here to help you be a more committed reader of God's word, to be a more committed person in your prayer and communication to God. We're here for that. We want to help you with that. I am right now on a Bible reading plan with uh, five other pastor friends of mine that we're reading a certain Bible thing together and we are commenting and it is challenging and it's amazing and I'm enjoying it. Listen, I'll start one with anybody who wants to do one. Here's the problem. Can I be for real? We'll start those Bible reading things and like 35 of y'all sign up and about four of y'all finish it. Because we've got to just commit personally. We've got to commit personally. This is just going to become a part of my day. It's going to become a part of who I am. Just like you get up and hopefully brush your teeth in the morning. You're going to get up and have an authentic time with God. If you don't brush your teeth, by the way, that's not what the sermon's about, but you should probably consider that. I want to end with making this statement because I believe it to be true, and then we're going to pray, and I promise you. In fact, Tim, we're not even going to come back up and sing because of the time. God will do no greater things in our church than he will do in your heart and in your life. If you forget everything, if you leave this here, we'll probably pick up some people just, you know, it's all good. Uh, If you leave this here, if you forget all of this, if you forget the couple times where I maybe challenged a little bit and was, you know, a little bit harsh today, if you forget all of that, if you'll remember that statement. If you will remember that God will do no greater things 
corporately in a body of believers than he would do individually in the hearts of believers. So you cannot expect your church to take steps in the right direction if you personally are not taking steps in the right direction. Why? Because you are our church. You are our church. This building definitely ain't our church. You are our church. And whether we're meeting in here, if we're meeting in a permanent location one day, if we're back in Jeff's backyard like we were one time last year, it doesn't matter where we are. If we're going to become a greater church, if we're going to take steps in that direction, then you individually, personally, have to understand your responsibility as a part of this church to say, I'm going to take steps personally in the right direction. And I dare say this, if there's, nine, there's, there's close to 90 people in here this morning, uh, just in this room. If 90 people would commit together, and 12 months from now we would see these 90 people taking steps forward in their Christian life, taking steps forward for Christ's guests, there's no, there is no limit and no telling where we will be 12 months from now. God wants to do great things. If I didn't believe that, then I would pack my bags up. I'd go get a job tomorrow making a lot more money than what I'm making, and I would enjoy my life. But I believe God has something big. And here's the thing. I just want to be a part of it. I just, God, I don't care. God, bring, bring somebody who can preach much better than me. I let them preach all the time. I don't care. God, God bring, bring, bring whoever. Bring everything. I just want you to use me however you see fit. Use our church. Can we commit to greater things this year? We're going to end a little bit differently. I'm going to come down here, and here's what I'm going to... This is, some of y'all will get uncomfortable. It's all good. I'm going to come down here with you, and I'm just going to ask us to pray together as a church that God would just do greater works. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.